Welcome back to Live Laugh Lorazepam. It's been a while. A good amount of time. And we're sorry. But our I mean, like, you know. Wait, can I I was thinking about it earlier. I I wanted to recap the amount of things that have happened between when we were doing this regularly and when we went completely off the rails. Yeah. We yanked your computer off of a space <laughs> heater and it broke. So there's the technical difficulties. Um, I got COVID and was down and out for a while. The end of the summer was just wild for both of us for family parties, friends parties, whatever. And then you went to France. Oui, oui. Bonjour. Peaced out of the country. And now we're finally back and trying to like have some sort of semblance of schedule. But wait, we got like, so we met in person today to do this. And then we had more technical difficulties. Oh, God. Yeah. I had to leave the house and go back to my house because I needed another piece of equipment. And now here we are staring at each other on a computer. So you, li- you literally drove all the way in my place, had dinner with mm, me and so Phil. Good. So good. Shashuka, look it up. And then promptly was like nothing worked and you had to leave again and I just think this is like the funniest like the the universe did not want us to record something for the past few weeks yes but now we're here and like I've been waiting for this specific episode since we started but I wasn't ready and now we're here but I was wishing we were gonna be in person because I'm gonna need a hug I know um but it'll be okay but we did a lot Yes. And I just got back from France and I'm tired, but I still want to do this. I know. I can't believe you're not like jet lagged or. Yeah. You know, I was sick in France. I did a lot of sleeping in France. French. I keep saying randomly when I'm talking, I'm like French. No. France. Maybe you like caught up on all your sleep and you like front loaded some sleep. So when you came home, you were fine. <laughs> Yeah, I wish I didn't sleep that much in France, um, but I was sick. But I'm back. Okay. So what are we talking about today? Me. And people are going to be like, wait, you guys talk about yourselves every damn episode. Yeah, I was like, this is an audio diary, actually. I don't know if you know. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I do know. And, wait, hold on. Before we go into that, I have to say... Hanging out with different friends that I haven't seen in a long time this summer. And it's so funny because people will go up to me and they'll be like, oh, yeah, you do this, this and this. Or, or you, oh, yeah, you just did this. And I'm like, how do you know that? How do you? And then they're like, oh, I just know like a lot more about you now that I listen to your podcast every week. <laughs> and one of our friends goes to me, we're closer friends now. And he's like, well, I mean, I'm closer to you because of the podcast. I was like, yeah, I, you know, I haven't learned more about you. Oh, man, that's so funny. Um, we could make this a two-way street if anyone would, you know, send us some information, send us some notes. I'd love to hear some feedback. Wait, what do you mean? From our listeners. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Talk to us. Not just, like, in person. You know, communicate yeah. through the... Through the 
Instagram channel or email, though. Who we do email? have an email. We just don't use it. I know. It, I had to there, log though. into it. That's what I just sent you this link from. Oh. I Did you not realize? It. Yeah. No. It came from that. Because that's the password being I remember. official and all. Okay. <clears throat> I have wanted to talk about my time in the hospital and what led me to the hospital since the beginning and we started this and I've like talked a little bit about it but I've really I want to go into detail about what led me there and Um, why right now like why is this month a good time to do it it is suicide prevention month even though I think this is technically going to be posted in October, but you know, we're recording in September. Um, and I, despite this being a very heavy topic, I mean, we are a mental health project, project, Jesus podcast. We talk about a lot of heavy stuff. Yeah. Um, I have been really pumped to have this conversation and just kind of put it all out there. And be honest about yeah. like, like that that what you had was that situation was like is something that other people may experience or have experienced and being honest about it and being transparent about it makes it less scary to talk about or less shameful to talk about because it's not a shameful thing and i mean no it's I mean, yeah and it's what led me here us here yeah is my time in the hospital and talking to others is what made me realize i want to do this on a on a wider scale and continue to share my story to hopefully save lives and keep saving mine. Yeah. Okay. Um, oh my God, I'm trying to think of the year. What was nine years ago? Uh, 2014? 14. Yes, duh. Uh, okay. So November 2014, I volunteer voluntarily, Jesus, uh, admitted myself to a psychiatric hospital. Um, but I want to talk about what led me there first, because um, I always have this fear of people thinking I went for one reason, hmm. uh, and that reason being... Um, and ex broke up with me and that re- obviously that really hurt but that is not the reason I wanted to take my own life yeah I have had depression and anxiety since I was a child and I remember I don't even know how old I was but I have memories of therapy from when like elementary school uh, I don't know how long I did it um I don't remember getting anything from it, uh, but I probably did. Um, but I was the kid afraid to do anything. I hated sleepovers. I didn't want to leave my parents. I hated school, like fights. Like my par- my parents told me, like I, like spider monkeyed the <laughs> the door on our minivan the sliding door and like they had to pull me out to get me into elementary school oh my gosh uh and of course then like I didn't know anything 
What is mental? What is your brain? What is feelings? No, no one, no one like used those words either. And like, that's what led me. I'm assuming that's what's led me to therapy. Is my mom's like this girl has severe separation anxiety, <laughs> um, and then middle school was rough. Bullying. I didn't understand emotions. I didn't feel like I fit in. You okay? Yeah. Did you hear that noise? No. Oh, okay. It was my computer. I couldn't tell if it was coming through. <laughs> no, no, you're good. Um, I didn't feel like I fit in. I didn't know I was gay. So in middle school, everyone's figuring out their emotions and who they like. And I was like, I guess I'm supposed to like boys. And I didn't know otherwise. Um, we've talked about this before. Massachusetts was legalizing gay marriage at the time. Um, all the hatred on TV I saw, I internalized. Um, and that just led me to have more and more sadness inside me because I was afraid to be gay, which I knew subconsciously, I knew I was gay, uh, but I was afraid. And then that's when my OCD started. Um, I would start counting things. Um, and if I did it wrong, I told myself I was gay, so I had to do it again and again and again. Yeah. And this was usually when I was trying to go to sleep, so I didn't get much sleep. Um, and then I started high school. Yay. Um, with all the amazing things that come with that. Yeah. Hormones you know. and... Um, that was the first time someone asked me if I wanted to take my own life. Um, my mom's work at the time was really great. She's a nurse, but they let her keep her phone on her. Uh, or I would be able to call them uh, and just ask for her and then come get her. Like, they were all super supportive of me. They knew I was going through a really, really tough time. Of course, this ending part, um, the beginning of this big blow was in the fall, my favorite time of year, which is said sarcastically, but also it is my favorite time of year. Yeah. Uh, but all my emotions come rushing back. Uh, and that's the first time I went to the hospital for mental health. My mom, I remember calling my mom from school and she was like, all right, I'm going to come pick you up. Um, and she brought me to Children's Hospital. I remember waiting forever. And that's the first time a doctor was like, do you want to hurt yourself? Or I don't remember how they said it exactly. And at the time, my thing was, I don't want to die, but I'm afraid I'm going to do something to myself. Yeah. I had a fear of knives. I couldn't look at the, the knife block in my kitchen. Um, I don't think you know this. No. This is, uh, that's wild. I couldn't look at it because it would, that's part of my OCD is it would freak me out that I would do something to myself. I didn't know that as like suicidal ideation that maybe that's not the word for that. But I was like, no, I don't want to hurt myself. Like I'm afraid to hurt myself. Hmm. or afraid that like were you would. afraid you wouldn't be able to stop yourself from hurting yourself or not that I would be afraid f <laughs> yeah I guess so afraid that it might happen like if like like that that my head was like 
oh, there's knives. You could do this. Yeah, like if you weren't in control. Yeah. Um, and I told them no. Like, nope, I'm just afraid. Um, and the reason my mom brought me to the hospital is she thought it would be faster to get me into therapy. Um, hmm. And That's really interesting. To go to the hospital to do that? because well, it's Well, I'm thinking, like, she's a medical professional. And, like, she has a better sense of, like, the system. And maybe she knew that you needed help immediately, but you'd be on a waiting list for a therapist for, like, a Who knows long how time. long. And to, like, for her to, like, know enough to, like, circumvent yep. the process a little bit. Like, that was really smart on her. Oh, my God. I'm getting, like, already emotional because I just remembered uh, we were there for hours and then we drove to Maine because it, we were camping. Mm. It was a Friday and we were supposed to leave to go camping. And she took me to the hospital instead. Wow. That just memory just came back. Um, so so what happened after that? Like You said no to their question. So like. I started therapy. I don't remember how long after. I don't think it was that long. And I hated her (laughs) I was like this makes things worse um because I always felt instead of just listening to me they were like diving deep for something and I was like can we like I was like I just want to get to know you and Mm. and talk about my emotions and like then maybe we can dive deep but it was just like you didn't trust them yet no no And and I mean I was like yeah I went as a young kid Um, but now I'm a freshman in high school and I, I just could, oh, I, I'm like getting like, oh, anxiety, chest pain. I hated her, hated it. And great. She was probably great for someone else, but I remember getting in battles with my parents because, uh, I wouldn't go. I was like, I'm not going. And they're like, this is to make you get better. I remember my dad taking my brand new guitar that I bought with my own money and being like, I'm going to throw this out the door if you don't go. And of course, he didn't know what to do. He knew his right. daughter was in a really bad spot and that she needed therapy. But that was, he was like, maybe if I scare her into yeah. ruining something she loves, maybe she'll go. Because he was probably feeling desperate too. Yeah, he had no. parent. He had no clue. Um. Eventually, we switched, and I got to... Well, then I started meds not that long after. They helped, um, and I was on that same med until college, I think. Um, But then I started a new therapist. I really liked him. And then, you know what's really funny? The reason I stopped seeing him is he said something. It was when we were in our... When we were fighting in high school... And he told me that I throw away friends like they're trash. And, of course, he probably said it a little bit differently. Yeah, but, but like, what? (laughs) Yeah. And I was like, I'm done. Also, like, what a statement to give, like, a teenager. A teenager, yeah, who was obviously having trouble. Yeah. (laughs) Um. Anyway, that just all right, that we'd spend fifteen minutes of me rambling about like that's my 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 baseline. Mental health issues my entire childhood. Um, not knowing what they are. Um, and then 
freshman to senior like after I stopped seeing him I I got a new nope I didn't get a new med doctor until college I just stopped seeing people I kept my meds but Mm. I stopped seeing a therapist and I kind of just floated through um not I don't think I realized how depressed I was well it kind of creeps up on you too Anywho, it's not like you wake up one day and you're like, ah, my depression has risen 10%. Oh, but I also didn't know depression. I was like, I'm anxious. That's the only word I knew. And I thought like my sadness was normal. Yeah. I'm anxious. Yeah. But like, yeah. Hey, I'm severely depressed. Yeah. I don't think I understood what depression was. I thought there needed to be a reason. Like I thought it was grief. I thought it was like you lost someone. And you were grieving. And I would think about, like, um, in my brain, it was always, like, a mom or, like, a woman who was probably between, like, 30 and 50. Um, That's really interesting. And I I have no idea why, but I was like, oh, no, like, that's that's what happens when you get that age (laughs) or something, which I was, you know, not wrong. Like, yeah, hit 30, (laughs) depression comes. Yeah, like, you get, like, a welcome (laughs) kit. Um, But... I don't know why. Like, I really thought depression was, I thought it was, I thought it was grief. I thought it looked like grief when in reality, like it can come on with no reason or catalyst and it looks different for everyone. Everyone. And you know what? I, I, I'm kind of mad that no one pushed me to describe how I was feeling hmm. more. They just took my term saying, I'm anxious. Yeah. And then my, when like, no one was like, well, do you have these feelings? Because this is depression. That's so interesting that they never like, what does that mean? Like, you, okay, I'm anxious. What does that mean to you? What does that look like to you? Like, that's funny that they never had you like elaborate. Yeah. I mean, at least I don't remember. I mean, then again, like mental health, depression, anxiety, and OCD, and like it, it makes your, your memories kind of fuzzy sometimes. So they could have, but I don't remember ever fully understanding uh depression until I was older yeah um okay so I had to tell all that to get to this point so I was numb didn't realize I was I was still suffering from like probably 2009 until 2014 like I still had my anxiety but I was on my meds I'm like it's better than it was and like, 2014, you're now in college. Yep. 20. 21. Um, so I am in Maine with my uh, girlfriend at the time. And we were camping with my dad. It was like guys weekend. And I always wanted to go. And I finally was allowed to go. And I was like, all right, I'm bringing uh, said girlfriend at the time. Uh, hold on. I got to pause. Um, and you're then like I, newly 21 too so yeah and I was like hell yeah I'm gonna get shit faced and then I knew a specific person was gonna have weed on them and I was big into smoking at the time and I asked him and he didn't have weed he had a dab hit which, to my understanding, is concentrated THC. Um, 
And I said, okay, as I'm shit-faced. And that was the fucking start of it all. Or the start of the downfall. Um, Within maybe 30 minutes, probably even less, I was paranoid. Yeah. I remember being like, I got to walk. I walked for hours. This is gross, but I ended up like being in the bathroom for a long time. Like I couldn't stop going to the bathroom. I remember searching how long is this going to last? Well, because your body was like, get out. Like, oh, yeah. I was just pure sad, like the saddest I've ever had ever been. And just like, what, what, how do I stop this? I remember going up to my dad and being and crying and be like, I'm sorry. I was like, um, but I did a dab hit and I explained what it was and he gave me a hug and he's like, you're going to be okay. I remember just being up for hours and walking and walking. Um, I was nauseous and it was just hell. Yeah. And it feels like it'll never end. I, I thought I was going to be stuck like that forever. Um, have you, have you ever done a dab hit? No, I haven't. I've watched a friend do it and even just like as a secondhand person watching someone else do it, I was like, Oh no. Like if that's your choice of drug to use and that's how you want to take it, that's your own choice as an, as like a consenting adult to make that choice. But even watching it secondhand, I was like, I I don't feel safe with my own thoughts. If I have that reaction, like that's scary. I had never seen anyone. I, I never knew about it. And then like, he was like, yeah, it's same. It's just like, a bigger punch. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, hell, I get high all the time. You'd be like, I think like in college, I don't know about you, but like I was probably smoking the most like non-pure <laughs> marijuana in the entire world. Like I, I like question it all the time about like how much was I actually smoking that was like real weed in college. It was probably I don't Oregano. know. Cut with, yeah, like probably literally probably spices from someone's like spice rack or like grass from outside that someone sold to a dumb college kid oh my god oh my college my college drug dealers <laughs> they were awesome um okay so it didn't last forever obviously but nope it but clearly left a lasting impact i remember waking up in my tent the next morning it was super early and that was the first time I ever thought about taking my own life. Um, I it was just pure like deep dark sadness that I just wanted to escape and felt like the only way would be to to just stop living. Like and it you, was just it sounds like you went through like regardless of what happened or what the situation was like that was an emotional roller coaster and it was like straight up traumatic yeah I would say it was a very traumatizing event and what I say now well I said this like a once I got home from Maine then I was like I feel like I got my ass kicked back to when I first started meds and I didn't have the ability to fight anything Mm -hmm. And granted, I like I said I was numb during that time, but I had some ways to cope. Um, 
but yeah, I remember my head just spinning and like, not like spinning and like drunk or I wasn't high anymore. I wasn't drunk anymore. I was severely depressed. Yeah. I remember texting my mom and being like, I need to get home because I didn't drive myself. I was begging for someone just to get me home Um, because we had one more night. And it was just, I just remember just no matter what I did, it was just like, it was a physical, mental sadness that just was tearing me apart. Um, Mm. And I like, it didn't leave. I got home. It was still there. I believe this is when I reached out to a doctor for new, like a new med doctor Um, I didn't start therapy, um, because I was afraid of therapy because I hate it. Like everyone had been sucky before that. Yeah. You didn't have a good track record with therapy. So, so I was just, so this was August, 2014. Um, and then October, um, I had um, my girlfriend at the time broke up with me and like I was already in such a hard place, which this this is like I hate this part. Nothing to do with her, nothing to do with being broken up with. I was just already in such a spot that I couldn't mentally handle. Another like another sadness. Yeah, something on top of it. Yeah. Um, and like. like I was just a hot mess and I feel if if she is ever listening to this I am so sorry um because I remember being like take me back what did I do Hmm. um and I am sorry I didn't realize that before the dab hit and that for years I was already in a bad spot and that like none of my sadness was due to that at all that was just like it was just the, like a catalyst yeah for something that already was going on so that was in like october my parents had just left for hawaii for two weeks uh i had the house to myself and my i just broke down and of course my mind was like crying relationship ended like that's why i'm sad no like I was like no you're fucking like there's something wrong in your head like it's not this breakup and of course I can see that now and like this is my biggest fear always telling the story is people or telling people that at all that there was a breakup like no that had nothing to do with why I wanted to take my life it could have been anything it could have been there was I was I was at the tip just waiting to fall Right, like some something was gonna trip you up. Like it, yeah. If know. my dog had died, if right. I got into a car accident, there, it was it was one little push, and I was gonna be there. Yeah, because I wasn't seeking more help. Yeah. Um, that was October, end of October, um, and then November. I I would just remember being so sad. Like, it wasn't even sad. Like, this was even different from that morning I woke up for the, the first time wanting to take my own life. 
I, I, I just was, it was constant. Nothing stopped. It was, I was sleeping all the time. I was missing classes. Um, where was, I don't even remember where I was working, but I'm pretty sure I stopped working. Um, cause I just, there was nothing. And, um, I remember when my parents were still away, I went to my Nana's house cause I just, I was afraid to be alone. Yeah. Um, which that was really smart. I'm very, yeah, I'm my sister, like my whole family stepped up, but my sister was amazing. Um, everyone kept calling and checking on me. I, I'm very lucky I have the support system I have. Um, cause if I didn't, I, I might not be here. Um, and then, so November, okay. I finally like, I felt, every, it, I explained as I felt everything and nothing at the same time. Um, and like, sorry, I'm just getting anxious. But I feel like that's like the definition. I, I say definition. It's different for everyone. But I feel like that's like a very common thing with depression is to like, you're completely apathetic, but you're also feeling too much. And it's like those two things sound like they can't exist in the same space. And it's like, well, enter depression. <laughs> like, Hi. It can do group. it. Yeah. yeah like, it can do anything. It's unstoppable. Just kidding. That was a joke. It is. You can stop it. You can work your ass off and get there. Um, I don't know when I, like, because there was the first morning in August, I woke up wanting to take my own life. And that definitely lasted, like, a, a week or two or maybe more. Uh, but then I was, like, still fighting it. But, like, October felt better. Then the catalyst just pushed me over the edge, and um, which I'm still very thankful, like that 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 happened because I, I I needed something to push me to to fight for more for more help. Mm, yeah, because I wasn't. I was again going back into my. It'll be fine. Meds will help if I ignore it long enough. It'll go yeah. away. <laughs> it's not here um it i remember driving and i wanted i was like physical pain might like take away the emotional pain and i wanted to drive into a tree because one of two things would happen i'd be in so much physical pain that i thought that it would trick me into not being sad anymore or I just wouldn't be here anymore. And then I couldn't feel anything. Right. Um, and that was a few weeks of feeling that, um, two or three. And I remember finally being like, I, I think I need to go to the hospital. Yeah. You're like, I'm thinking about this tree a little too much. Yeah. I was like, if, if it's not changing, and if like I am afraid I I will do something if I don't go to the hospital. It's it's the knife block. Yes. On the counter. It's the exact same thing. Yep. Like woohoo, like connected. <laughs> Childhood, adulthood, young adulthood. Um and I don't know I you know, this is where I thank my anxiety because 
I was so afraid to make that decision to act on my suicidal ideation that I was scared enough that I asked for help. Mm. Um, And that was pure fear that led me to ask because I was so afraid of making that decision. So that's why I'm very thankful for my anxiety side. Yeah. Thanks, anxiety. Yeah, I guess for help. (laughs) Um, And I want others to know you don't have to wait for your anxiety to ask you help. If you feel feel this at all, ask for help. Yeah, vocalize Uh, it. Yeah, say something to someone, anyone, because talking about it makes you feel better. Maybe not right away, but if you put the work in, you end up feeling better. Um, At least I did. And I think you could too. Um, So I asked for help. And it was definitely a few days of discussion, maybe two days. Um, I remember my dad being like, you don't need to go to the hospital. You don't. He's like, you, he's like, you, like, you just go to like, go to therapy, get outside help. And later on, like, I asked him, I was like, what, like, yes, I do. And he's later on, he's like, I knew you would hate it. So I said, you didn't need to go. And yes, I absolutely hated every second in that hospital. But it saved my life. Yeah. I remember um, we w- I, w- I was brought to the local hospital. My mom and I went the next morning. Like, I made the decision to wait. I, w- I knew I wasn't going to act on anything that night. I stayed home with my parents. Um, I cried a lot. I went to bed. I woke up and my mom took me to the ER. I had a bed right in front of the nurse's station. I had the most wonderful, sweet nurse who I wish I knew who it was um, so I could thank her. Um, but we were there for hours, and which is nothing. Some people wait days, weeks yeah. for a bed. I was incredibly lucky. Um, the ambulance picked me up. My mom rode with me. I remember the second I was on the stretcher and they were wheeling me into the hospital. I... There was some sign basically showing that the doors were locked and that don't let anyone out because, like, there could be people trying to leave when they shouldn't be. And I yeah. was like, what does that mean, Mom? And she means she was like, it means you can't leave. Like, not right now. Like, you, you're you here to stay. Like, you, you're here to figure shit out. And that's when I started, like, freaking the yeah. fuck out. I was like, nope, nope. I was like, I changed my mind. I was like, stop. Nope. Turn around. <laughs> bring me back I want to go home uh dad was right I don't need the hospital um that was that was the scariest part um, yeah because up until that point it was your decision yeah and then like the second you get wheeled through those doors like it's not your decision anymore whether you stay or leave like you're you're in it until they like I lose up. all control yeah and you uh you get to fill out paperwork. Yay. <laughs> and it asked you, asked me, if I needed to be restrained, what type of restraint I was comfortable <laughs> with. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, like chair um, or restrained to a bed. There was like a whole list and I was like, the fuck? <laughs> And it was like, or like, should you not be restrained? Like, how, like because they obviously want like input on what is the best way to help you. 
Yeah. And like if you're like, going to go into a panic attack because someone straps you to a chair because of something that happened previously, they want to know that yeah. that's going to make it worse. But also like just the idea of someone being like, hey, so <laughs> when we need to restrain you, how do you want us to hold you down? <laughs> like, I'd be like, don't touch me. <laughs> and I was also alone filling this paperwork out. I was like, mom, I was like, a, my mom wasn't there. Um, whatever. I, I filled it all out. I did this st- stupid survey. How are you feeling? Blah, blah, blah. I answered those questions, um, which all necessary. I call it stupid, but it's all necessary. Um, and then they take your shoelaces. They take any string from your sweatshirt. Um, if you had a belt, if you had sweatpants with a string in it, they go through all of your stuff that you have with you. Um, and, and that's kind of also like the really like, oh fuck moment. Mm. Like I, I didn't expect to get weirded out. Like I knew they were going to take my shoelaces and they're well, going to like, it's like a moment of like, we don't, we don't trust you. Yeah. And like, you know? we know you don't trust yourself. Yeah. And like, we're acknowledging it by physically removing anything you could possibly come mm-hmm. up with to hurt yourself which is it's th- which they should 100 percent. yeah it's incredibly necessary but i can also imagine that like that's something like in that moment feeling that sort of like oh i'm not okay and they have to take shoelaces away from me until like we get through this like that that's hard even if you know it's coming yeah it's just kind of like whoa more real it was like the door the door was real and them taking away my shoelaces and my sweatshirt stuff um i don't remember much else besides them uh showing me to my room um i i remember it just feeling scary like the whole place nothing felt warm and comforting um it felt hard cold and scary and it was a mixture of like i would say anywhere from 18 to people in their late 60s Mm. men and women um i met my roommate i went to bed and the next day it's like you have to go to group. Like if you don't go to group, you're not getting out type of situation. Like you have to put in the work. But of course you're depressed. Like you're scared. You're like, I don't want to go to group. Yeah, um, I don't want to talk to strangers. I don't want to. Yeah, no one understands what I'm going through. Like, poof, which very funny uh, because those are the people that help save my life because our mental health system is so messed up. Like I thought I was going to go in and get like intensive therapy um i met with a who gives you meds a psychiatrist or psychologist which one gives you meds i always forget i think it's psychiatrist (laughs) we're gonna go with that one i met with them once and then i met with a social worker and i was like when am i gonna meet like with a therapist and she was like well basically like you're not like and I'm like, you're the closest thing I'm getting to a therapist. And she's like, yeah. And I think I met with her twice. 
Um, that's when I found out about a, something called a five day, which, or three day, which I signed, which said that I, I want out as soon as possible, basically. And the only way they could keep me after signing that is with a court order. Oh, interesting. Um, like I immediately, like the second I found out about it, because I was like, this, like, there's nothing here to help me. We colored. Granted, I really also didn't like this, like, I don't know what any other hospitals like, but it just didn't like, everyone seemed like they wanted to help you, but I, it felt like it was set up to fail. Yeah. Um, and I think we need more programs where people can like get more intensive therapy and succeed without having to pay a shit ton of money for an intensive program. Like our right. state program should be enough. Well, also like, I think group therapy can be really healing for a lot of people, but I would also suggest doing like individual therapy as well and it's very strange to me that they didn't put those two things together yeah but even our group therapy very much was a lot of coloring you know yeah it was like I came home with pictures that I made um we would get to go outside once or twice a day and walk um but coloring like groups like eat like we would do some without coloring but it felt like everything was coloring and when we when we weren't in group, you know what we could do? We could color. You know, is it like I, okay. Like art to me is very healing as someone who's artistic, but like, that's your only option. Like that doesn't fly for everyone. No, like maybe some more physical activity, like get like, like let's toss around a ball. Yeah. Um, anything. Yeah. Um, was also really crazy to me is that like there's two phones and they're like in these phone booths with like sound padding but like there's no one to answer them it's just the patient's job to answer and then ask like you call and like ask for someone and then like you have to get like the patient has to go find that person if they want to to be like hey someone's on the phone for you okay this is okay (laughs) yeah um which I guess it works. Um, so wait, talk to me about... Yeah, sorry. The, ask questions so it's not just me rambling. <laughs> talk to me about the good part. Because you, ta- you say, like, how it annoying things life. are. But then you're also like, these are the people that did save my life. And you met other people while you were there. Oh, some people I will I will forever be grateful for. And still, still friends. Um, I don't see them very often. But, like, we still, if I need them, I can message them, and I know they'll be there for me. Um, okay, so the, the what did save me was those people, is we would take our chairs and sit in a circle after group, and, like, at the, at the end of the night, and we would all talk to each other, and that's when I first realized I wasn't alone. Hmm. And it wasn't in the mandated groups. It was us. I just, I feel like I happened to be put with the people I needed. Mm. And somehow we started just our own, like just sitting in a, in a large circle. It wasn't just one other person. Like we were, it was felt like almost all of us. And we would just talk and like share. And I got to know these people and of all ages, genders, uh, races and I was like oh f- like shit like it's I'm not alone yeah like this isn't just something I'm struggling with like there's obviously a bigger problem like 
that maybe there's hope if, if I'm not the only one, which people tell you like, or you see that there's hope or it gets better. Yeah. Um, or you're not alone. And you're looking yeah. around like, okay, okay yeah, where, yeah. where are they? <laughs> like, um, and it was those conversations in the long run that saved me. Um, the realize that I wasn't alone. That's really great that you were, that you happened to be there at a time and a place that these other people were also there and like open to having those conversations and setting ground and sort of like comparing, not comparing, but like sharing those stories and those feelings. Because like I could imagine that scenario with a group of resistant people not mm-hmm. wanting to share or talk. Um, so it's like really wonderful that you were able to like find a community that was open to it and it was what you needed too. Yeah. And it's just like, it, it, it doesn't seem like re- like it just like stars aligned. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's why I always tell people, I'm like, talk, 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 talk. And like, it could be just to a therapist or even after like a year or two after the hospital, I felt myself slipping and I was like, I need group therapy. Because I needed to realize I wasn't alone again. And I went back to group therapy after work. I would go to group therapy and that helped me again. I needed that refresher of, hey, there are other people fighting too. And you can do this. Um, oh my God, I do want to say, I started, a, uh, I told people about the, the, the form that you could sign. Because I hated the hospital. <laughs> so I would start a riot? <laughs> stop it but also I didn't, not surprised it wasn't right it wasn't right but I but I was like so pissed that I felt like we weren't getting the help we needed I was like hey uh just so you know there's this form which they all had been told but I was like I signed it it was like yeah it. well I also I also just think that like sometimes we're told about these forms but we're not actually explained yeah or we're my told, ass was like, like this is an option, but it's the language is like, well, I don't know what that means. Like, yeah. And I feel like part of me, like even right now, like I'm getting anxious, like people hearing that I told people to sign it. I wasn't in the right place. And if those people weren't in a safe spot to leave, they would have been court ordered to stay. Mm. Um, but in my heart, I was like, shit. Did I tell people to sign that and they shouldn't have? But I, I also think that that form is like the one that and like choosing to have those group sessions together after your mandated ones those were like the two instances that you had control over your situation and had any sort of semblance of like choosing what direction it went in or what you got out of it it was some hey it was my OCD I needed some of that control yeah I relate (laughs) uh yeah wow okay you're right it was my being like all right I, I have some say and you were sharing it the like, uh, hey, I have, we have more control than you think you do over. Yeah. Which I still like in my heart, I'm like, someone's going to like, someone listening is going to be like, why the fuck did you do that? It's not um, a secret though. Like they were It's all not a told. secret. Yeah. Uh, I remember there was, there was one older gentleman and he would always, he'd always sing and he was very loud singing, but he was happy when he was singing. And he would always get told to quiet down and then he'd get upset. And uh, like the group of friends that I'm in and like, we're like, let him sing. We're like, stop telling him not to, because that is when 
he is happiest. Mm. Um, and it was just really annoying that they like, like they obviously, like you could see he changed when he wasn't allowed to sing. And I'm like, it is not bothering anyone. Um, I do want, can I talk some, I, I mean, we're at 48 minutes, but I, 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 I can talk forever about this. I want to tell you some more weird, like the more like taking away like your, your freedom things. Yeah. Um, which this is like, I want to say again, like go to the hospital. It's, I'm not saying any of this to scare anyone out of the hospital. The hospital saved my life. But I'm also just saying what I like my time in the hospital. If you are feeling any way that you want to take your own life um, or that you think you could like lead down that way, ask for help. The hospital can save your life. I also Um, think it's beneficial to have some transparency about what to expect because. Yeah, I had no clue. I know my anxiety spikes if I don't know what I'm getting myself into. So like hearing about your situation there, the good and the bad is helpful because it's like, okay, well then I kind of know like what it could possibly entail if I have to be there someday. And it makes it less scary because like, think about how it's portrayed in media or entertainment or movies or TV shows or anything. Scary as all hell. It's always shown as like a scary place with scary people. And so like hearing you talk about it as like almost jokey, but like, Oh, there were these annoying things. However, there were also these good things that were beneficial and the entire thing saved my life. Like it had a purpose and making it normalized and being transparent about your situation, I think is helpful. Thank you. Making me feel better about how I'm, how I'm talking about it. Um, wait, sorry. Okay. I'll stop worrying about how I'm talking about it. Yeah. Um, so there's a bunch of patients. It's, it's a, it's like a, it's like a floor. It's like, obviously like they call it a psych ward. Um, but this wasn't even at the hospital. This was a separate place. Um, so there's a lot of patients and you, there's a list of, you ha- there's people walking around and every, maybe it was every 15 or every 30 and they're checking on you. And if they can't see you, if you're in the shower, they're talking to you and they wait until you're out of the shower so they can check you. Like they'll go and do more, but they will come back, mm. um, to make sure that you're alive you're never alone no i remember sleeping and then peering in the window to make sure we were like we were in our beds and like we were there um and the waiting for me like waiting for us out of the shower like obviously this is very important but it was just weird like it was a weird feeling being monitored and like oh i remember the smell of the shampoo it was in the body it was all shit i can't imagine that it's very high quality (laughs) no it's state run um and I so I hit my I think I was there it's a three-day form but I was there five because it doesn't count the weekends because weekends don't count because you're not getting you're not seeing anyone besides the nurses that are there to make sure you get your meds and that like they check your vitals but like there's no the social workers aren't there the psychologist isn't there uh so it's basically just a, a place to rest your head and, and like for them to monitor you. Oh. Um, so that's why it doesn't count. Because that's you're interesting that they don't have like a weekend staff. Yeah. 
that seems mm, <laughs> just to take like two full days off when someone's having a crisis that warrants being in a locked facility. Yeah. Seems you know interesting. Yeah. I'm like, but they could like, you know, they expect nurses to be there. Like, yeah. Like, and I get it. Like we don't... bare minimum care. Not, not that nurses are bare minimum care, but like for mental health that you're not getting any of that additional yeah. care. And I'm, that is not, I'm not blaming that on any, not the social workers, not the psychologists. I'm blaming, like, that is where I get mad at the system. Yeah. Like, there's, there's something fucked up if that, like, that's happening. Hmm. Um, so I, I actually, and I got there on a Friday and at night. So I didn't get to see anyone for three, for three days oh uh, or gosh. two and a half. And that made it worse. My, I got to see my parents every night, though. Um, my parents would drive an hour every night um, to come see me. Um, and there was like a visiting room. And I became, it was really nice because one of the friends I made in there, their mom, um, I, I ended up getting a relationship with her. And like she, like seeing her care about me. Um, and like it's still to this day like we're Facebook friends I could message her and be like I need I need someone to talk to and she'd be there um, I remember the day I left uh, she knew I was leaving and she she brought in a bag of Reese's for me oh um, and yeah it was just like and then the scary part I, I mean I remember going to the nurse's desk and they had like monitors obviously and like there was someone I saw in a, in a, like a four point restraint on a bed. And like, I was like, I wish I didn't see that. Yeah. Um, but I'm here and that ex like, it obviously took years of work after that. I mean, I'm still working. Um, but I got out, um, like a week or two later, it was Thanksgiving. Um, I didn't know who knew where I was. Hmm. Um, so it felt awkward being around family again, besides my siblings and my parents. Cause I was like, who knows that I was just in a psych hospital. And, and it was like, just a weird, that time. Like we've mentioned many times before, like we didn't have the language to talk about it. And like the reason we do the podcast is because there is unfortunately a stigma against yep. things. And so it's one of those, like, do I bring it up? Do I not bring it up? Do they know? Do they not know? Like, how do we act? You know, like, you just went through a very, like, traumatic and, like, transformative experience, too. So, like, you know, still sort of, like, processing all of that, too. Yeah. It's like, what, who, like, it's like, what do I say? Hey, how are you doing? Like, okay, do you really, like, do you really want to know? Yeah. <laughs> do you know the muffin man? Sorry. <laughs> And I was like, it was just weird. Um, and then I realized I had friends I didn't tell. That I didn't tell. Like, they they oh. knew I was in a really, really shitty spot. And, like, I had talked to them about it. And, like, and I talked that I, like, I wanted to go to the hospital. Um, but then I just disappeared because they take your phone. Oh, how and, scary. Yeah, I feel really bad. But obviously, I wasn't in the spot, like, to mentally think about anyone else. Right. Uh, so they, for, like, they obviously weren't mad at me but they were scared and they was like thank god they they were able to reach out to my sister and she was like she's like didn't tell them anything besides that i'm alive mm -hmm. 
And I felt so bad afterwards. And like getting my phone back, I was like, yay. He was like, I could text everyone games again because games on my phone were my were my self-coping. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that following summer was my first suicide prevention walk. So um, following your stay there. Yeah. I know that you did like group therapy, met a lot of people, and then like I know it showed you that you liked or that you benefited from group therapy, which is what you started doing afterwards as well. Like I'm thinking back to like the feelings you had at the going towards the tree. Like did, did they, they disappear? Yeah. I'm like, did they go away? Did they disappear? Were you just given like clarity or felt more in control? Like this is where it kind of gets blurry for me. Um like I remember I think I remember all of the hospital because of how like I don't want to say traumatizing because it like it was scary, but it was life saving. So like traumatizing is not the word. But I think I'm able to remember all of that because of how on like on on this word, how on my brain was yeah. that entire time. Um I don't remember when I stopped having that feeling. Because well, I, I know I think for some people, and the, I guess the reason I'm asking is because for some oh. people it's like a gradual, like we said, depression doesn't just like you wake up one day and go, oh, I'm 10% more depressed. It also like it, it can come on gradually to a point where you don't notice. And I imagine that it can happen in the opposite as well. Yeah. Like, I'm not expecting that you woke up one day and had like an epiphany and you were like, ah, yes, I, <laughs> I don't feel this way anymore. And you just like frolicked out the door. Like. <laughs> I, I I can imagine that it was like kind of a gradual thing, but I guess I'm wondering like when that, when it hit you that you were sort of on the other side of that whole thing. Do you want to know when it hit me uh, and realized that I, I, I first felt like actual happiness again? Um, was, I don't know if it was that the summer after or he, or the summer. No, I didn't know if it was summer 2015 or summer 2016. Hold on. I need to look that up. We shall cut here. Yeah. Made you happy forever. It's that you acknowledge that you could feel those emotions. Yeah. 100%. Um, I was like, oh, shit. Like, it's not just sadness. Or numb. Um. And like so, my walk, my suicide prevention walk was was before that, um, and it was in the pouring rain, and I did it by myself, and like that was, that was em- like empowering and like made me feel strong. Um, but I wouldn't say like excited or happy. It was like it was a different. It was like yes, I know, like I can put in the work. Yeah. Uh, but I've had people ask me like when, because people will come to me if they have a loved one who's going through something and like they they ask me and I'm like every story is different um and I I'll talk to them and I always offer to talk to the person too um I was like yeah I will talk to anyone like if you if someone needs help yes ask me first <laughs> um before you give my phone number because I need to make sure I have the bandwidth um, even if I don't, though, I'm going to still be like, yes, I can talk to them. Yeah. Um, 
Um, but then people ask me, they're like, how long does it take? How long? How long till this person feels better? That's a question I hear a lot. Like, when's it over? That's the question I hear a lot. It's like, I hate okay. to tell you this. But. Honey, <laughs> it's a lifelong battle for me. Uh, I am still fighting. I'm in a very good spot. But you got to put it in the work. And I'm like, I had to tell someone close to me. I was like, honestly, years. To feel, to feel fully back to a six, like a, a steady, happy, where the happy days outweigh the bad. Yeah. Years. Or that feeling sadness or a bad emotion doesn't send you into an absolute spiral. Like, yes. That you can cope and like be okay when you have to feel those emotions. And each each day you're working, like the, the happiness stays a little bit longer. Um, and like I like that's why I hate that I hate it because like I know this is not the answer you want. It's also one of those like, am I suffering from depression right this minute? Am I having dark days right this minute? No. But do I have depression? Yeah. And like. I haven't got to a point where like a year goes by and I haven't had any sort of situation, but like it might happen someday. Does that mean like I'm cured forever? Like, no, it like mental health is one of those things that you have to like nurture for the rest of your life because like there's no rhyme or reason sometimes why something comes back, which is why no. it is constantly a battle and why you, it's not that you're like constantly labeled something, but it's that like you're tending to yourself yeah and you and you learn your like like triggers and sometimes you won't know one though um but it's it's the work you put in so that those bad times don't stay or pull you under yeah yeah because i know when you're in those spots you feel like you cannot even if you've even if you've done the work over and over again you still feel like oh shit like am i gonna be happy again and then you have to remind yourself and go to therapy and be like, yep, I'm like, I can get out of this. I've done it before. It doesn't make and it any easier, but now at it least you no. recognize the signs and you have more tools for coping mechanisms. And they come less and less. And like, that's, I think that's, I want like my message from this, uh, this whole thing is like one mental illness can be a lifelong battle. Um, it can come and go in waves. Um, but, but I guess my message is ask, as ask for help. Um, but also know that, how do I put this without being the cliche, the ones I hate, it gets better. Uh, oh, I've said this to my therapist once. It changes. Yeah. It changes with you. I've, I've heard Something I really like, um, like a metaphor, like a visualization that I've heard is like when when you have grief or when you have sadness, it's not that it goes away or it shrinks. It's that you grow around it. Mm-hmm. There we go. And I, I like that as like a metaphor, as like a visualization for myself because I have to believe that the sadness isn't going to always go away. And instead of like hoping that something will go away or something will be quote unquote fixed, 
that instead, like I, as a person am always growing and learning and I'm going to grow around it and I'm going to be able to, there's going to be more of me to handle the grief or the sadness over time. It's like you're, you're, yeah, we're, you're building the muscle. Yeah. Like you're, you're building a layer of protection. Yeah, exactly. Around it. I like that. Um, I'm surprised I haven't cried. I know you've done really well. Uh, I think it's just because I'm like, I want to make sure I hit all these points and I don't want to just ramble. Um, and I, I haven't cried about it in a very, very long time. <coughs> I also um, think you told the story in a way that's like approachable, understandable and like relatable. Like, I, I think it, I think an important part of your story is that it did reach a, there was like a catalyst. You did get to a point where you knew you needed help and you reached out and that, but like, it also was kind of a quiet thing that happened. Like, like you said, like some friends didn't know, some family didn't know, like this can be going on with someone. They can have reached a catalyst and need help and have asked for help and be in the process of getting help. And so many people don't know. And that like, they're existing in the world with us. And just to like be cognizant that like, yeah, someone could be having a bad day, but they could also be going through something really big. Like this was really big in your life and it like changed you and you have grown since then. But it also was like to people outside of your immediate community, like it, it was quiet, you know? Yeah. I think when people think of like, oh, you know, a, an attempt to take your life or something. They think of it as this like big, crazy thing that like rocks a community or like everyone knows about it. And like, sometimes it, no one knows about it. And sometimes it's happening very quietly under the radar. And so like, to just like give grace to like other people who might be going through something that you can't see. Smile. I want to know, I wish I could look back and see how many people that may have just smiled, <coughs> excuse me, may have just smiled at me and maybe made me smile. Because especially at school, because that was hard. Like when I was still trying to, I when the days I did get up and go to class, like those were really rough. Oh, yeah. Um, but I still, like like you said, it was quiet about it. I, I put a smile on. I, I like, no until I knew I was leaving like until after and then like I told my professors like and I had to file for to get incomplete so I didn't fail um that was a whole other part like being like still going to school and doing this that was yeah that like oh by the way like life was still the world was still spinning life was still going on there were still expectations for you and then having to like tell them and be like, hey, BT Dubs, this huge thing was happening. <laughs> I had just lined up a, a, a winter job. Uh, that was not waiting for me when I got back. Um, and that's fine. They needed to fill a spot. But yeah, all this, like, they didn't know. Mm. So I ended up having an email them and be like, hey, <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> this is happening. Uh, I actually might have emailed them in the hospital, in the ER. I've been like, hey, so I, I'm I'm sick. Uh, I don't remember. It doesn't matter. I also so. think to your point about people smiling and like you smiling back and like 
you know, just trying to get through the class and get through the days. It's like, you'd been dealing with this for a really long time. So you'd been masking it for a really long time. You were really good at it. Like I hid it for myself. I didn't. Yeah. You were in denial. But I, I didn't know it was like, I didn't know. But now looking back, I'm like, oh, well, fuck. <laughs> You're like, how obvious is that? <laughs> I know. Like why? And then, I mean, it's like looking back and be like, oh yeah, I was hella gay. <laughs> oh yeah. I was hella depressed and anxious. <laughs> it's kind of the same thing. Like That's hilarious. <laughs> I didn't know. And if I didn't know and I was masking, that means I was masking it for everyone else. Mm-hmm. So no one knew to help me. Like you were just saying, like it was quiet. Um, and, you know, it's okay. I, I think I, I can cut this out, but I think it's fine if we go longer because it's a, it's a deep one. Um, I am very thankful to be who I am. I am thankful for the hospital I am thankful for my mental illness is illnesses everything. I I don't wish I had it, but I wouldn't change who I am because it's built me into who I, it's brought me here and I love this so much. Yeah. And me sharing in the past like and and like fundraisers and walking like I have met so many amazing people um, and I would never want to go through that the darkest parts of my life again. Um, but they true, like I would be a different person. They've, they've given you the tools to like help yourself and help others. And I love, I, I, I love, being able to help others like I've always known I wanted to do something that helps people but I couldn't be a doctor because I'm afraid of germs <laughs> yeah you know I can't I'm a, I'm a germaphobe um so doctor nurse anything like that um off the table and I was like realized this is this is my passion um and I wouldn't have gotten here without my darkest days yeah um i think it's a great story and thank you for sharing it because i know that wasn't easy for you thanks for listening to me and also thanks for anyone listening that was mostly me talking and <laughs> abby abby slowly listening to i'm just happy to, to be ramble. here <laughs> <laughs> i'm just happy to be here where's my ice cream uh, no i am glad i shared and I get like I've been waiting and I know I've like I've told a little bit, but that's that's my story. And then so continuing. Yeah. Thank you for okay. taking the time to listen to our podcast. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at live laugh lorazepam and slide into our DMs to share your story or provide feedback. Make sure you subscribe. Call or text 988 the Suicide and Crisis Lifeline. For free and confidential support to people in suicidal crisis or emotional distress.